true crime friends. Welcome back to True Crime and Academia. I know I've been away from a while, so in case any of you forgot, I am your host, Mary DePippi. Like I said, I know I've been away for quite a while now. Um, December was not a kind month. I got into a car accident and totaled my car. I lost my dog, like, as in, like, I had to have my dog put down. And then my uncle passed away all within, like, literally less than three weeks' time. And it was just, (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's still unbearable, but, you know, I'm getting back, back into the swing of everything. I know I missed a Patreon episode for you all. I'll be really working hard this month to try and get an extra one out for you to kind of make up for December. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's been rough. However, even though it's been rough for me, I hope it's all been really well for you all. I hope you all had a happy and healthy holiday. I hope you had a blast on New Year's. And I just hope that you are all out there kicking New Year's ass. So, I thought to kick off the new year, why not do another news catch-up? Specifically with my job, I feel like I have been just being made more aware of these cases now. So, you know, I can't promise that I'm going to have like a news catch-up every month, but I am going to try. We'll see what happens. And by we'll see what happens, I mean, you know, depends on what's happening in the news and if I'm made aware of any of these things. So without any further ado, let's get into this month. Well, it spans a few months. You'll see what I mean. Let's just get into this catch-up, shall we? Miss Ratchunate. Miss Ratchunate was a 20-year-old Princeton University student who went missing on October 14th, 2022. Originally from Ethiopia, her family moved to America and settled in Elucid, Ohio. Miss Ratch was known to be an ambitious student who had already spent two summers as a business analyst for McKinsey & Co. in Ohio and then interned at the Bank of America. To her family, her brother Universe said that she was just the gem of their family. Miss Ratch had earned a full scholarship to Princeton, which obviously to get a full ride to any Ivy League is super fucking impressive. At the time of her disappearance, She was a junior majoring in sociology. She was last seen in her dorm room on campus around 3 a.m. after having volunteered to help out with the housekeeping tasks for the school's terrace clubs. There had been a music event there earlier that day, and it seems like she was just helping them, you know, to clean everything up. When Miss Ratch's family had not heard from their daughter in two days, they contacted the school, and a search for her began. Six days later... On October 20th, 2022, her body was found on the grounds behind the tennis courts. The Mercer County Prosecutor's Office announced that her cause of death was determined to be bupropion, escalatopram, and hydroxyzine toxicity, or, you know, a.k.a. an overdose. An autopsy conducted by the Middlesex Regional Medical Examiner's Office ruled that her death was a suicide. Now, I've tried to find out more information about her whereabouts the day that she died and, you know, just in general what had happened to her, like, you know, what was going on because 
it didn't seem from the research that I've done that she was suicidal. I mean, I, if she was, I would have expected to see like statements from people that knew her that might have expressed those concerns. And not to say that like every suicide case, you know, that there are the obvious signs or, you know, when that those sadly, when those cases are reported that they say that, you know, that there were signs beforehand, you know, sometimes either, you know, people just don't want to talk and keep the privacy of the person or, you know, maybe they might not know or she kept it to herself. But it is interesting because the medications that, you know, which their toxicity killed her, they're actually used to treat depression and anxiety, which is very sickly ironic. And I couldn't find out if she was the one who, like if she was taking those medications actively or if she'd gotten them from someone else, you know, because if she obviously, if she was depressed and suicidal, it would make sense that she would be on those medications, you know, if she had, you know, depression and anxiety. The other thing, though, that I think is interesting, though, about this is that her body ended up behind the tennis courts. And again, I couldn't find any clarification as to, you know, if there were security cameras that picked up on her movements or not. But I mean, and obviously I'm guessing because it took six days to find her that maybe there weren't, which in that case, you know, if she left that morning and picked that place to die for some reason, then that would obviously explain how she got there. But like I said, sadly, it I don't know. I'm just I'm always leery when medical examiners or, you know, anyone say that the cause of death is suicide when you know, again, we don't know if there were prior signs. And also, like I said, you know, that information could have been kept private for the family. And they deserve that if that is the case. You know, but it's always just so suspicious to me, you know, when they do that. And there's really no explicit explanation as to how depressed they were because again we all know that people who commit suicide don't always leave a suicide note so you know has she not left a note then obviously we're not going to know the whole reasoning behind why but if her family knew and she was taking these medications to deal with depression and anxiety and it just got too much for her then you know then it does make sense but like I said, I'm just always leery when I don't have all of that information because sometimes it just seems like they're jumping to conclusions for whatever reason. So, again, you know, I don't want to open a can of worms and be like, oh, my God, someone did something. Here's a conspiracy theory. No, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just letting you know what my opinions are and how I'm always leery about that. But you know, sometimes that really is the case. And it's it's so sad, you know. George Muser. George Muser was a 20-year-old University of Wisconsin River Falls student when he disappeared on Christmas Eve of last year. He was home for break and went out to a place called Brian's Bar in downtown Stillwater, Minnesota. He was reported wearing a stocking cap, blue jeans, and a flannel shirt. The last time he was seen was at 2.10 a.m. 
Later that day, police asked the public to help them locate George by checking garages, sheds, backyards, and security cameras. Search parties by police and volunteers were also conducted during this time. Shortly after, his keys and wallet were found near the bar, and his body was soon found miles away. It wasn't specified how many miles, it just said miles. The investigation into George Muser's death is still ongoing, but it is important to note that it was around 9 degrees the night that it happened. A brief candlelit vigil was held Monday evening for Muser. Now, I want to point out that George was a minor at the time he entered the bar. I mean, I know it's a year, but still. And it wasn't specifically stated that the bar served him, but based off of what I've read in the research, it seems like the bar might face some consequences because of it. Not extreme, and they're not going to hold them, you know, the bar responsible for his death. Um, But, you know, obviously they served an underage kid and you know that's not okay so obviously there's more information there that we just don't know obviously we don't know what happened at the bar we don't know who he was at the bar with we don't know if like I said again if he was drinking even though it kind of seems to be that way and with that being said you know as cold as it was outside that night you know if he had been drunk and say, dropped his keys and his wallet, he might have thought he would have been fine to just walk home. And sadly, might have just succumbed to the weather that way. But again, like I said, this investigation is ongoing. I have no idea what the cause of death is in this case for poor George Muser. But, you know, I also don't want to throw out suggestions This is part of the reason why I actually haven't been covering and avoiding the Idaho murders for right now. You know, like once it's over and, you know, like as far as the trial is concerned, once the trial is over and we have an outcome, I will absolutely talk about it. But like this case, I don't want to speculate during an ongoing investigation and just throw out false narratives into the ether because obviously like we've seen with the Idaho murders some people have been suspected slash accused by you know the cyber sleuth not saying there's anything wrong with being like a cyber sleuth or anything like that obviously there have been cases where these cyber sleuths have been helping police investigations But from what I've seen so far with the Idaho case, it seems like a lot of incorrect assumptions and accusations have come out and ruined a few people's lives. And that's not really fair. And also, like I said, I'm not investigating. So the police are and I prefer to report and retell these stories and not always make guesses, especially when it's ongoing. So... But yeah, I really hope they figure out what happened to this kid. Because, you know, like I said, we don't have a cause of death. We don't know what injuries occurred to him. We don't. So, like I said, it could possibly have been the weather. But also because they are investigating. I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, not going to speculate.
Hey, True Crime and Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners. Listen, the holidays are literally right around the corner. And I know that some of you are scrambling to find that gift for that person on your list who is just so difficult to buy for because they have everything. Or you're sitting there in your home and you're realizing that there is this space in your house that just is begging to be decorated, but you don't know what to put there. Well... I'm here to tell you that Mandy Made It has the answers to all of your holiday needs. Mandy Made It makes the best handmade crochet and cricut items I have ever seen. And I mean, literally, she can make anything. The customization options are literally endless. So go to at Mandy Made It on Instagram and search Mandy Made It on Facebook slide into her DMs and order your customized holiday gifts and decorations today. That's at Mandy Made It on Instagram. And Mandy is spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. Once again, search Mandy Made It on Instagram and Facebook. Slide in her DMs and order your gifts or holiday decorations today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Maggie Dunn and Caroline Gill. 17-year-old Maggie Dunn and 15-year-old Caroline Gill were both students and cheerleaders at Bruisley High School in Louisiana. On December 31st, 2022, the girls, along with Maggie's brother Liam, went out. It was not said where they were going or if they were heading home at this time, but during the drive that night, Addis police officer David Cuthron was in a high-speed chase of a 24-year-old man named Tyquel Sanders, who was being pursued for a home invasion. Officer Cuthron collided with the car carrying the high school students, killing both Maggie and Caroline. Maggie's brother was and still is in critical condition. His injuries include a broken femur, tibia, left wrist, and a fractured skull, just to name a few. The 42-year-old officer was arrested and charged with two counts of negligent homicide and one count of negligent injuring. According to the booking documents, the officer remained in custody as of Monday afternoon. At this time, it's unknown if he has hired legal representation. The district attorney, Tony Clayton, said that the officer is currently on administrative leave and has, quote, a lot of questions to answer pertaining to his speed and sheer negligence, end quote. He also added, quote, if it, and by it being the chase, involves putting human life in danger, stop the damn pursuit. It's just not worth the risk, end quote. As for Tyquel Sanders, He was apprehended later that night after his car stalled and booked on charges of home invasion, theft of a vehicle, and aggravated flight. 
Sadly, I mean, the outcomes, obviously, of either of these charges are not going to bring these girls back. I mean, they never do in any situation for any victim. And, you know, it sucks. You know, you think or at least sometimes and especially in my situation, being that I researched these cases, you know, you feel like, oh, yeah, some sort of justice was served or, you know. And in this instance, the fact that they arrested the officer right away, I thought was pretty interesting um, not to say that obviously police officers don't get arrested in this country, but it just seems a lot harder for them to when they do things like this. But I guess it also helped that the victims were white. So I don't know. I'm not trying to play the right. Ra- well, clearly I said I'm not trying, but I am playing the race card. But I mean, we see it, we see it happen way too often to not have to bring it up. But I am always curious to know what would happen, you know, had the girls not been white, things like that. So, and I also want to point out that I think it was really good that the district attorney pointed out that, you know, just because you're pursuing a criminal doesn't mean you need to put other people's lives at risk. Like, if you're going that fast to pursue someone and you're on, maybe, actually, it shouldn't even matter what kind of road you're on. If you realize at some point that it's not safe, you need to slow the fuck down and just call it off. Or if they get too far away, just call it the fuck off. I mean, at that point, for as long as you were chasing him, you should have been able to get his license plate number. And from there, you could have probably tracked him down. So, again, it's just so sad. And, you know, to be on New Year's Eve just before the new year, it's just so sad. For this last news story I have for you today, I kind of wanted to end on a lighter note for once. So I have a crime for you all that isn't actually murder. Woohoo! Timothy Rossetti. On December 27th, 2022, I know we're going back a little bit now, Penn University police officers reported seeing a man attempting to open the driver's side door of a pickup truck. The man was unsuccessful and walked towards the McQuaid-Blasco Attorneys at Law building and sat down. The officers approached the man, who identified to be Timothy Rossetti, and noted that he was visibly intoxicated with glassy eyes, slurred speech, and just overall reeked of alcohol. One officer questioned Rossetti about how much he had to drink, and Rossetti responded with, wait for it, clearly not drunk enough. (laughs) I can't. I mean, this is a story, and we're going to get into it more, that, you know, it's going to be super embarrassing for him later on, but for right now, it's for us, I find it to be fucking hilarious. Again, you know, public intoxication is obviously not the worst crime you could commit, but it is still a crime. But again, just, I mean, that response, it didn't say actually if Rossetti was a college student or not, but that is like 100%, not only what I would have said at college, (laughs) but would have said like in my early 20s if I was out and about and doing things, drunk and whatnot, and someone asked me that question. That's exactly how I would have responded despite how intoxicated I was. Now, clearly, Rossetti did not need any more to drink, and clearly he technically did have enough. 
The officers of the State College Police Department said that they dispatched the emergency medical services to the location because of his condition. After evaluation, it was determined that it was safe for him to be released to his brother. But according to the court documents, Rossetti's brother said that he felt uncomfortable taking the responsibility of his brother because his brother, Timothy, was being super aggressive. (laughs) EMS then decided that, you know, obviously it's going to be unsafe to just release this guy anywhere. So they wanted to have him transported to Mount Nittany Medical Center. Rossetti refused and was put under arrest for public intoxication. There, they just took him to the hospital in handcuffs. At the hospital, he continued to act in a belligerent manner. He refused to calm down, disturbed other patients with yelling, and acted aggressively towards security. The attending physician at the hospital said that Rossetti had to be physically and chemically sedated. During this process, however, Rossetti obviously struggled, and in the struggle, he decided to bite an officer's finger. Yes, yes, he did. Now, this did not cause like any serious injury, but it did cause an injury. And my guess it might just be that he drew blood. But again, it wasn't stated. And also, given how drunk he was and how hard he was fighting, it's possible he could have bit him a bit harder than that. He is obviously going to have to go to court after this. I have not find or I have not found any details about that specifically. Um, mostly because I think it'll probably just go to regular court, not you know supreme or federal or anything like that. So I doubt we'll know about that. But I just thought that that was a hilarious story to share with you all to end on this episode of True Crime and Academia. That is all I have for you, my loves. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, rest of your weekend. Just enjoy your life out there, okay? I've had so much loss. I need you all to just enjoy your life now. (laughs) I need to remind myself to enjoy my life. But that will come in time after I've concluded my grieving. But, you know. Anyway, I hope you all have a happy, happy new year. And until next time, I will see you all later.